I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello to all you delicious crumpets and a warm, buttery welcome to episode 11 of No Small Questions. <laughs> I am your question master, superfan Sam Oaks, and it is my honour to pitch your burning questions to the wonderful stars of No Small Roles. Speaking of stars, let's go ahead and introduce the two gorgeous humans in the hot seat tonight. Uh, his mechanical creations might be stuck together with blue tack and elastic bands, but the party would be lost without this Abraca lad. Uh, no. It's Orin Quill, played by Ben Galfin. Hey, hello. I mean, it depends who you're helping, but, you know, most of the time your flash of genius is quite useful. Anyway, also joining us tonight from the sea shanty world of flintlocks and fireballs and creating some pretty big fires of their own in this campaign, a huge welcome to Robbie Bellacom and their special guest character, Alfie Noble. Ooh. I'm so excited to have you here. <laughs> oh, I'm, just, I'm happy to be here. You absolutely smashed these episodes and I'm really looking forward to this tonight because the chemistry between the two of you was oh. so cute. It's like <laughs> yeah. the two yeah. brainiacs that finally meet and realise that they're not alone oh, uh, yeah. the same kind of like ums and ahs coming out um and there are some great questions for you tonight guys uh there's a lot of questions to get through as well so i hope you're ready Yikes. <laughs> we're here all night <laughs> also here with us tonight we have some of our gorgeous patrons in the chat uh hello to all of you and we have listener questions from the no small world uh, try that again no no small world is the theme park we're opening very soon <laughs> <laughs> maybe we'll keep that in um, <laughs> And we have listener questions from the No Small Roles social media and Discord chat. Before we begin, here's your spoiler alert. Spoiler alert! These questions include spoilers for all episodes up to and including episode 51. So if you haven't caught up yet, I recommend you go do that now and we'll catch up with you later. Oh, I better head off. I've not listened to 51 yet. Oh, have you not? Um. Okay, well, my, this is all you then, Robbie, from now on. Oh, dear. Uh, <laughs> Okay, all that being said, let's crack on with some questions and spill some Twain Tide. Uh, we're actually going to start off with you, Robbie, because um, we've heard a couple of episodes from you, but we, we don't really know you all that much yet. Uh, so let's start off, uh, as we've asked all the guest players in the past, 
As it's your first time on No Small Questions, let's get to know you a little better. How did you first discover Dungeons and Dragons? Oh, um, oh, God knows. But I, I got uh, given the book. Well, I got them for Christmas. I asked for them specifically. I wanted the. I got uh, three point five. I think was my first edition. Oh wow! When I was a teenager, and then I had no one who was willing to play. <laughs> so they just. I read them cover to cover and did not play for several years. Then. I went to drama school and found some nerds. And <laughs> there are a yeah, few of us there. Yep. Just a few. <laughs> Actually, surprisingly few, annoyingly few. Oh. Come to drama school, nerds. Um, and yeah, we started playing and I had a couple of sort of regular games going and fell in love, really, with the whole role-playing thing. It's pretty wonderful, particularly like, you know, I see why you got actors involved in that because they love any excuse to, to play around. Yeah. Did you have to really push them into playing or was it kind of an organic thing? It's um, just like, here's my love. Let's let's try it out. I, I joined some sort of, it was more, to be fair, we played GURPS more than we did D&D when I started playing with a group, um, which was a lot looser and had a lot more people coming and going and was fine, but I wanted something more sustained. Then I moved in with um, my podcast friends, Ellie and Jason. And Jason started running a campaign for us. And that was kind of it from there. We just played constantly because we were living together as well. It became a lot of our weekends. Oh, amazing. I love that. And yeah, that was such a good campaign. It was really intense and not the nicest characters. Uh, like they say, your first main character is you and Elphiers. And I really hope it wasn't because Steve was a problem. Uh, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Are you learning more about Steve as you go? Yeah. Like, she was a nightmare, a fun nightmare. But like, there was a point where I broke someone's fingers to stop them casting magic. And looking back, I was like, right, that was unjustified and just dark as hell. So, oh. yeah, that character. Uh, someone on your party? Or? No, this, this was like, this was my first campaign. This is pre-podcasting and things. But um, we captured a cleric who was evil, very much evil and killing people. But we were trying to interrogate them and we were worried they would cast magic. And you have a lot of like verbal, somatic, and material components. So you gag them, you take away the materials. But what do you do with hands? Uh, turns out breaking everything up is a really bad thing to do to a person. Yeah, people still bring that up and I feel bad. Dark. I, I kind of love it, though. Yeah, and all my other characters are sort of like sweet or silly or... Yeah, that one was... don't know where that one came from. But Steve was also like a good friend. Was it the build-up of like, you read this book way back and like you know you've just been building and building it's got darker and darker this character wanting to be unleashed (laughs) and then just had to break all the fingers in the world i mean it was a very practical choice but actually when we got more into the role playing i was like no that was a bad person thing to do (laughs) (laughs) yeah i love that i think maybe since then i I just i play nicer characters who maybe have accidents and cause problems rather than on purpose doing it god damn it steve (laughs) i love this (laughs) And you, uh, you mentioned that you are part of a, a podcast yourself. Yes. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about Flintlocks and Fireballs and how that began? Uh, yeah. So Flintlocks and Fireballs, I think the world of it has been living in our DM Jason's head for a long time. He's had this idea that he's wanted to play this campaign for a while. And then we were like, we should, we should do it sometime. We'll do this. It was a concept. We never really considered doing anything more with it. Then it got to his birthday and we got a bunch of people together, played a game and was like, oh, this is a really nice table. These are really good folks. Actually, let's sod it. Let's commit and let's do this thing properly. And yeah, we just started doing it it all remotely right from the start, which was a shame because I was away working. Two of them were living in London. Sam was living in Devon. It was like, ah. But actually, when it came to pandemic times, it meant we could keep it going really neatly. Mm. Uh, But yeah, it's a lovely world. It's um, very much sort of an alternate history. Um, It's sort of Napoleonic style 
a lot of the events that happen are similar to actual history, but obviously very different because the party gets in the way and changes things, <laughs> which is fun, uh, screwing up what could be actual history. I love that. How far do you feel like you've deviated from history? Are there, there points that you, you now can't redact? It's like, okay, well, that, that can't happen anymore. <laughs> I mean, I've started the French Revolution by rolling a natural <laughs> one, so... Oh, wow. <laughs> that is a big crit fail. That was a big... That was a problem. <laughs> yeah. It's on, the, it's on the, the critical fails table, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, no, I rolled a one revolution <laughs> but things like that where you'd like but it also means because a couple of us know history decently from that sort of era because we're set we're doing it like um 1797 we started i think we're now into 1798 in terms of world years but there are bits that have been moved around and things we think are going to happen because we know the history then happens so differently and it's like oh oh no I wasn't wasn't anticipating this. Oh dear. That's such a brilliant concept. I love it. Yeah, I mean it's when we get like we have the we have a, a magical item that lets us scry on the future. And it just seeing like our world but through a magical lens as well. It's fascinating. And has that future changed as yes, well? Like because your actions change the future. Yeah. Butterfly effect kind of thing. Yeah. That has got to be so interesting it's dangerous. as a player. It's so oh, dangerous. That's so good. It can drive you mad. It's oh, That's fantastic. And there are consequences um, for using the item as well. It's not a freebie. Uh, t- sorry, tell me more. <laughs> oh, there's massive no, spoilers. Actually, no. It is a bit of spoilers. But yeah, there are side effects to using it. Uh, save that for, <laughs> for the listeners. I'll find out myself. Yes. In we do have a, a huge backlog. Um, but do if, if you want to jump in, look at our website. It'll tell you where a good point to jump in is because we're on, I think, episode 154, maybe? I lost track. Something like that. That is a good week of binging, though, for all of our listeners. Uh, so myself included. <laughs> <laughs> More than a week. <laughs> <laughs> right. Amazing. Uh, that is enough questions from me for now. Uh, let's move on to some from our listeners. Uh, so let's start off with, um, let's stick with Robbie here. And uh, a question here from Tiamat. Absolutely love Alfie. Such a great character. I'm sure we can all imagine the trouble Alfie and Juno could have got up to if they were <laughs> oh, no. together longer. Uh, what was your inspiration behind Alfie? And was the link to the hex something that affected the creation or decided after Alfie was made? Ooh, a little bit of both. Um, so when I like was thinking of character ideas, I, I, mean, I was chatting with David, so I wasn't getting anything totally out of the world, but he like, gave me options of where the party would be, basically, what would be going on, plot threads that have been happening, characters I could be somehow affiliated with to sort of give me a reason to actually come and join them rather than just walk past in the street and never yeah, interact, yeah. <laughs> which would have been a brief uh, As a is brief the hardest thing. thing with guest characters. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so sort of like, what, what can I tie into? What's interesting? And I love artificers. I'm such a nerd yeah. for the artificer and I wanted to play yeah. another one for a while. I had one in a, a, a sort of short-lived campaign that I was like, oh, I'd like to play more of these. And I was like, I know you've had a lot of artificers recently. Is it going to be a problem? <laughs> So I thought I'd tried to look at a, like a different angle to rather than be more the sort of Winthrop style that you've just had all these creators like focusing solely like on alchemy or something else. So it's more yeah just a different side of it. Uh, so it wouldn't be the same. It's a really interesting kind of um, subclass to play with as well because yeah. I didn't feel like there was actually any real overlap between you and Orin. Like the the way that you played your character, although there were similarities in in characteristics, actually the mechanical build of the characters, the way that you played, yeah. was v- very very different. Like the- it's such a versatile class, and the fact yeah. you prep spells as well. It means like, I I know the sort of spells and things that Orin has on hand generally, so I just pick different things and things that were more suited to the alchemical side, mm. which is really fun. And yeah, the tie-in with the hex was sort of like, 
okay, this is actually somewhere that I can be there, but I don't want to be the bad person entirely because I want to have some <laughs> yeah. way of being with the party other than Jim just killing me outright, um, <laughs> which would have, again, been very short. <laughs> this is a guest. You have to kill them. Go. Amazing. <laughs> just start with some PvP. Sod it. <laughs> you have to burn them. That is the first challenge. That's amazing. So the hex was an option that was given to you by David. It, it wasn't that you kind of thought, yeah. oh, maybe I can be tied into the hex. This is this was a way to organically build the, the story. These are the places, these are the characters, these are the threads that we're building. What is does anything appeal to you to be part of? I was like, well, I could I could join into this somehow. And yeah, I I wanted to be an artificer again. And then Goblin was just fun. It was a like it's a race you haven't come across before in this world and yeah i really like the small races i like gnomes and goblins and halflings and all of that fun stuff so like yeah sod it it's also somewhat less if it, it fitted the the character i wanted i didn't want something that was like hulking and big it felt more like a a small wiry character yeah yeah a bit like orin in a yeah, lot of ways yeah. he didn't want to build a big character either no definite crossover let's have a question for well i'm yeah, I'm going to assume this is for you because uh, it's another one from Tiamat for the Helper of Enemies, <laughs> uh, which I'm guessing indicates Orin in this case. What? Uh, I, don't know, I don't know what Tiamat means by that. Uh... <laughs> no, I guess we'll never know. Uh, what, <laughs> what are Orin's feelings after recovering the page from Alfie, uh, knowing it will help people, but also hit the hex where it hurts? Mm. Oh, yeah, good question. Um, I uh, Yeah, I mean, I think Orin's delighted. Both, both in terms of getting a page from Alfie's notes, that's awesome. Getting to see what another artificer gets up to, in this case, an alchemist, like quite a different artificer, as you said, Robbie, but that's really exciting, I think. And getting to strike at the hex is always a plus, yeah. as far as Zoran is concerned. Um, and yeah, I feel like we've, we've caused quite a bit of mischief to the hex along the way so far. Um, they've also caused quite a lot of mischief, it must be said. <laughs> well, yeah, it, it, and it kind of feels like, you know, retribution, particularly for Orin, because, I mean, you know, it hasn't really come out with it much yet, but we know that there is a link to Hex in Orin's past, a bad link as well, you know, that something yeah. potentially thrown from rooftop. I'm not going to ask that now, but, uh, you know... Uh, <laughs> You know, that again, there's this kind of like, I finally have a weapon that I can use against them or or get rid of all of those plans. I kind of love that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think there's definitely been a mention along the lines of Hex and Rooftops, I believe. Yeah, I think I think maybe you mentioned it. <laughs> but I'm not 100% sure, but it's been a theory of mine for some time. So if that's, are you, are you saying 100% it is the Hex? I can't remember if I've confirmed that before or not. I feel like I have. I feel like I have confirmed that. Yeah, I feel like that is a fact that is known, that the Hex were involved in Orin's fall off the rooftop um, or push off the rooftop, potentially, depending on how you want to see that one. Um, mm, and waking up with a magical tattoo. We'll get to that. Yeah. Um. So, um, so yes, he's, he's not a big fan of the Hex. Um, that is definitely true. And I think he's quite excited uh, about... Yeah, so uh, it's a nice combination for him. <laughs> mm. Anything that involves a bit of alchemy and a bit of artifice and also a, a bit of... Um, yeah, getting at them is a is a double. Yeah, because you got your little book as well, your introduction to alchemy, which now yeah. is kind of you know really really fed into that that you were able to oh practice with my bottle smoke and now I can make anti frosting. Yeah, uh, or anti freeze, I think, as somebody put it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that. It, I love it when everything works out. Uh, <laughs> 
Let's have another question for Robbie. Uh, oh, this one's from me. Ooh. So early in the No Small Questions as well. Love it. Uh, Robbie. <laughs> yes. Do you think DM David should add Alfie's note-taking gibberish as a learnable language in this campaign? Yes. 100% and should write it out in full. Brilliant. I, re- I really like the idea that other people can be like, oh yeah, I speak Alfie. Oh, you speak Alfie. And they'll just have a conversation in sixes and nines. Oh, I love that. That would be so funny. <laughs> Amazing. Well, that that was a short question. Well, yeah. I mean, the good news is um, if it's a learnable language, I mean, uh, you know, then potentially that's that's a skill that we can pick up with the tongue spell, other ways maybe that, yeah. you know. Well, because you use the, the comprehend languages to, yeah, to understand it, which is why I thought like, oh, maybe it is a, you know, it's not just gibberish. It's something that somebody can learn, you know, like a, a small cipher or something like that if they have yeah. time. So I like the idea that somebody can speak Alfie as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but moving on to my next question for you, Robbie, which is uh, also, was the dyslexia an early character choice? Uh, or was it a mechanic that you and David adopted to give the brewing process a higher difficulty level? I, I think it was mostly character choice. I like that it mm. has a mechanical effect. Um, I did enjoy it. Like, that was quite an early thing of going, actually, yeah, this is going to make life harder for everyone else, which is great. I love it. <laughs> uh, but also, it's just a thing I've had in my head for a while. Like, I kind of wanted to have a character who had dyslexia and maybe found a way around it that was more interesting other than just struggling with the way we normally struggle with dyslexia. Uh, yeah. I found out I had dyslexia about a year ago, which, you know, I could have done with knowing that 20 years ago. Oh, wow. Would have made some difference, I think. So it it was just something that was been in my head a lot recently so it sort of played into character ideas a lot do you feel it in the same way as as alfie does like the way that you described it not there, quite or? the same i mean p's and b's are very much my problem like writing the word yeah. cupboard always every time i just have to stop in the middle and go <laughs> i have no idea we'll let autocorrects fix this <laughs> i know they're both there and when i write i just write the wrong one sometimes and words just probably is another terrible word to write and properly mm. nightmare uh, but like my dyslexia is a bit different in that I'm I'm I never noticed I had pro- I never had problems reading or with literacy. It's more in sort of processing speeds and all sorts of things. The like s- psychologist I saw could probably do it better than I can <laughs> to explain it better. <laughs> but it was interesting to discover something about yourself and then go, okay, let's put this in a character because it's usually the other way around. Yeah, I put something yeah. in a character and then I learn it's true about myself six months <laughs> down the line. <laughs> oh, well, I, I hope you find the same solution to the, the problem as, as Alfie did. Just just don't bother with those sixes and nines. <laughs> yeah, it's, it was only because I'm a student again. I'm a part-time student because I got bored in a pandemic um, and I thought, <laughs> I thought I might have ADHD so I got my university to assess me and they were like, yes, but also dyslexia. I'm like, oh, <laughs> Thank you. Maybe. <laughs> Good things come in twos. It does make me look at, like, finding, discovering stuff about myself through playing characters has sort of made me look at every character choice I ever make now, building things, going, how oh, is this because you think it'll be fun to play? Or are we saying something about ourselves here that we maybe need to think about more closely? Mm. Like, I played a non-binary character before I came out as non-binary um, for a good six months before I figured it out. And oh, wow. I was like, why, why does this feel so good? Oh, Right. That's why it feels so good. D and D is great for that. It's coming out of that subconscious part of you. Yeah, I, I always play characters that are 
you have you're interested in because it could be saying something about yourself that maybe you want to experience or try something out it's great oh that's beautiful it's such a good tool dnd mm. role playing is good for everyone <laughs> what does that say about me then because i always build like really high dps characters that just go out there and destroy everything and <laughs> AC-25. Go, what am i saying about myself <laughs> mm. i want to destroy everyone <laughs> but i can't because i'm frail and lanky uh, <laughs> um, amazing uh let's have a question for ben now uh this is from the wonderful superfan hannah t uh, not Han Clan, not our Lord <laughs> Crumpet, but the original superfan. <laughs> original flavour, um, Hannah. Yeah. What's the most challenging and or enjoyable thing about playing with a guest character? Uh, and what was the most challenging or enjoyable thing about playing with this guest character in particular? Oh, I... I don't know that there was much challenging about playing with Robbie. It's so nice to have a guest pop in because it just brings a different dynamic, I think, to the group. Um, mm. And I think what was like, what's been so lovely about the, the guests that we've been lucky enough to have, it's always just like a lovely little fun, self-contained adventure that we that we get to go on in our guest arcs so with robbie we had our fantastic hexy alchemisty explosiony set everything on fire um double bill <laughs> um but yeah just the just the brilliant just different energy that you get because you know, when David comes up with all these amazing NPCs that he comes up, you obviously get different dynamics with that and how all the characters bounce off that. But I think actually having a real life human come in and um, play another character just gives such, such a good kind of new energy to the group. And I think you get a lovely thing as well, like of um, that I really noticed with Robbie of like, how Alfie was seeing all the group, like the introduction to the group from like Alfie's point of view is like fascinating seeing <laughs> what this group is <laughs> that, yeah. that has developed and then how everyone reacts to Alfie turning up. <laughs> like, like Enkidu gets furious and like, <laughs> no. And then, like, <laughs> storming out of the pub, like interrogating Alfie with like Guy as well, like joining in with the interrogation of sort of Alfie in the, the corridor outside, whereas um, June is trying to offer them tea and uh, uh, Orange just trying to chat tinkering <laughs> and alchemy and, and everything else under the sun. Um, so, yeah, I think that's an absolute joy. And I think uh, I think it was so, what was so lovely as well, like was having Robbie come in as another artificer mm -hmm. and as you said earlier Robbie like bringing really different skill set to the table but I think that was really nice I mean that was really nice for me as a player but I think it was also just really nice for Orin as a character because the, the other artificers that he has met are the Wingthrops they're the probably the only other artificers I think he's ever met yeah and obviously there were some nicer Wingthrops <laughs> but <laughs> there were lots of problematic Wingthrops um so really lovely for Orin to get a chance to meet someone who isn't a Wingthrop. And I think meet someone who is or feels much more in his sort of vein of experience and uh, self, self-taught yeah, yeah. <laughs> with all the pros and cons and explosions that go with that. Um, I think it's a really lovely thing for Orin to... To, to get to know it's kind of yeah nice kind of faith in artificery restored kind of thing after yeah. after what you've just been through yeah yeah definitely after seeing the 
the potentially destructive, horrible side. Well, I mean, not to say that Alfie isn't destructive, but in a very different way. <laughs> yeah, but to accidentally, the I think. There's yeah. no, like, grand golem plan or anything, yeah, you know? No, I really <laughs> don't think Alfie's, like, plotting to meddle with the, the throne mm. uh, or, or anything of that nature. Um, I think much more concentrating on their own thing. Um, I think the... Uh, I'm just trying to remember what Hannah's other bit of the question was. Uh, it was about uh, guest players in yeah. general and kind of uh, the vibe that they bring. Because I would say, like, with every single one of these guest characters that have been brought in, and, you know, particularly with Robbie in this last one, you can hear the joy. You can hear the joy yeah. in the room. You can hear it from the players, from the characters themselves, yeah. you know, playing around with, do I trust this person? How much do we give away? But also inevitably at some point just being like, oh, we love you. We'll tell you everything. Uh, <laughs> I think so. And I think like, it, it, yeah, it just brings a whole fun new dynamic every single time to to the recordings and to the sessions um, when we've just got, someone else in the room it's just an absolute joy um and i think it's fun getting to see all the different complete i think like our three guests that we've had so far have all brought such completely different characters and energies to the show and i think you know so it was nice again for orin to get to bounce off alfie who's a very different character to Dwayne. Because I think in the first Dwayne episode, Orin said one sentence. Oh, <laughs> this was pointed yeah. out to me later. Yeah, and the does. only thing Orin said in the whole episode was, we have a horse. We have a horse, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. I think it was a combination of like, um, intimidated, terrified and slightly in love. <laughs> like, yes. that, that, that Dwayne just sort of like <laughs> flummoxed him completely. Um, so it was... Lovely, just having a completely different, yeah, vibe uh, for him to get to know. In terms of difficulties, I mean, none. Like, it's just the only minor quibble is it makes editing <laughs> an extra voice. It's just, oh, yeah. yeah. It's it's disproportionately, like, the more players we have, the, the more complicated the edit gets. That's <laughs> but is it not nice to have a refreshing voice in there oh, just to 100%. make the editing process so much yes, nicer? Yes, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> but next time they do their edit, right? Uh, yeah. Absolutely. They're doing. And Grace very kindly obliged by being missing from the first episode that Robbie was in. So. Oh, yeah, she had a head down <laughs> on a table somewhere, didn't she? Yeah, yeah, it was... Um, <laughs> necking mimosas or whatever <laughs> strawberry daiquiris in in the pub oh fantastic uh robbie let's have a there's another question from the super fan han uh for you did you purposefully add any character traits or knowledge details to alfie in order to make the players lives easier or harder oh i mean when i rolled my stats i was immediately like oh this is going to be a nightmare to be around um so there was that <laughs> Like high intelligence, low wisdom is a joy to play and a nightmare to play with, uh, mm -hmm. but fun. You played it well, by I the way. It. That was so oh, much fun. I love it. I, I need more characters like this. I, I need to play this character longer term. Fucking love it. Um, yeah. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, there was. I think like even like background things. It was like okay, hex. That's going to be a problem. And also just knowing that I wouldn't immediately know the things to say and having this information that as soon as I say it is going to be a problem, which was fun. Like as, as soon as I said the hex, I was like, oh, there we go. And using the word frosting for the first time and getting the reaction, I was like, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that, that would was eventually really get nice. a reaction. Yeah. Um, it was more like, I suppose, rather than the character building stuff, it was in-game going, oh, you're annoyed by what I'm doing. Let's do it more. Let's <laughs> see how, how annoyed we can get in Keto. <laughs> I just, like, yeah, whenever someone finds... So, like, because it was a character that wasn't going to be there long term, I was like, I, I can be annoying. I can be a problem because... 
I don't need to stick around. It's, it's very different from being like joining a party long term. So you know you can be difficult or make problems for people and make the worst possible <laughs> choice in a moment because the long-term consequences are for the rest of the party. I get to leave. And- <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. There's a big, there's a big outcry to bring you back. Oh, Lego's I will, I will just posted in the chat, <laughs> please bring Alfie back. So uh, long-time part of the show, hopefully now. <laughs> uh, keep bringing you back. I love that, getting into more trouble. It's such a fun thing to be able to do. Just go, this is, this is a problem, let's make yeah. it worse. I think that was the delightful thing about the the two episode arc was just I mean the literal pouring fuel on the fire like constantly <laughs> that, like, <laughs> yeah like Alfie was was getting into like yeah and the difference between character and player knowledge like the character did not know how bad that like that the choices was a bad decision and the things would be made worse by it but I was going yes let's make it worse yeah I love that difference between them sometimes the character knows and they're doing it on purpose but Alfie's just so oblivious. Because with that low wisdom, yeah, yeah, that wisdom of what was it? I've got my character sheet still. Wisdom of seven. That's low. Nice. <laughs> it's really low. That's really good. Intelligence <laughs> of twenty. Wisdom of seven. Wow, you got twenty on intelligence as well. Yeah, I mean, I, that makes I, mean sense. I, I think I did like instead of taking feats yeah. and things like I bumped it up. That wasn't the natural one. I think I did the custom background as well to buff it up and just let everything else go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant! I need to build more characters like that. I, I, like I said earlier, I really do. I get very meta, I've got too many and I, you know, I look through all the best things to to build in and try and make it better for the people. I should make lives worse. I like building big old flaws into characters. It's fun because you literally brought all the attention to the tavern as well. Like you know, these guys were just enjoying a drink after the thing, and suddenly they're they're running away from a burning <laughs> building by the end of the episode, <laughs> running away yeah, from a whole city, which is pretty special. Like, <laughs> it's another city we can't go back to. <laughs> I know you're running out of places to go now aren't you um, I dread we'll to think what's going to happen in Vernet Rise <laughs> <laughs> we're just going to move continents yeah. we're going to move you out of Dravain <laughs> put you over there you can burn some things down create some problems Ross Tall <laughs> Mark the whole world of Julemir to explore if we need <laughs> yeah great <laughs> Let's go back down to the Woden Isles. <laughs> yeah. Yes. yes, I want to see stuff there. <laughs> um, okay, next we have a question that is not going to be read by me. <gasps> uh, we have Pippa standing by in the Zoom. Uh, so Pippa, if you're ready, over to you. Hi, Robbie. Hi. I waved. I realised that doesn't pick up on audio. <laughs> <laughs> My question for you is, Alfie mentioned, I think, that the Fate Marked Five were the third group that they had fallen in with. Yeah. Presumably the Hex are the second. So I wondered whether you could tell us who the first group were. Yeah. Such a good I mean, spot, I, I don't think it's as... I, 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 it's a shame. Like, there isn't a David to ask if this is okay to He's say. He's not here, Probably. so you can just Fine. say it. He's not here, we can say <laughs> yeah, anything you we can like. say what you like. Because I don't know and, like all of his world building, I'm like, is this going to... Sod it. Um, but yeah... Like Alfie, mostly self-trained, but briefly was trained at the Arcanists Consortium. <gasps> briefly, yeah, <laughs> their reactions are amazing. Yeah, like they were like this promising youngster, and were like, yeah, like someone took them under their wing, and but they're not good at like following instructions and fitting a certain method, and things exploded, and they had oh to leave. My goodness, I have so many. So, follow-ups. Yeah, they got kicked out <laughs> quite quickly. Wow. Uh, I think. Pippa, that was a flash of genius. Well yeah! done. Plus five to your roles. <laughs> I mean, that's made my day. Thank you. <laughs> Amazing question. Thank you, Pippa. That is such good intel. I so want to ask other questions, but also I'm aware that Dad, aka Baby David, isn't here, and therefore I might get in trouble. But 
Well, it's funny, actually, because I'm reading here that the next question is is from you, Ben, and it's for Robbie. That's, that's really strange. <laughs> so I hear you trained at the Arcanist Consortium. <laughs> Tell us everything. <laughs> Which of them are working with the Hex? Oh, God. <laughs> I love that um, Ashley has just put uh, suddenly David a sense to disturbance <laughs> in the force somewhere. He's just like, wait, they're talking about my plot lines. Uh, <laughs> Too much backstory is coming out. Uh, I can hear super fans going crazy all over the place as soon as this info <gasps> comes out. But I put it in there as a joke. When I read this question, I put it in there, Arcanist Consortium with the like the horror face. Yes, this is why we need super fan Pippa around at all times. I know, right? Listening oh. in on everything. She is a law bard, yes. 100%. We need Pippa in on the episodes, just sitting there on the chat so that, that Pippa can just point <laughs> out things like, well, the episode's unfolding. We can be like, aha! <laughs> oh, so good. Thank you so much, Pippa. Uh, let's have another question from Robbie. Uh, this one is from uh, Hannah Clancy, aka Lord Crumpet, uh, who we all bow to. Uh, does Alfie know of the Wingthrops? And is there a potential of Alfie being swept up by the Wingthrops due to their unique talents? I can't remember if they know. If they do, if like if they've heard the name, it will just be a name. I don't think there's any sort of actual history or knowledge there. But I mean, Alfie's got a very low wisdom. There's a real danger if they're falling in with bad people again. It really is. There's nothing to stop it happening if they're in the wrong place. But Inkeenu warned them. I know. Like, there is the warning <laughs> that will count for something. Yeah. Um, Does wisdom go into memory? Not necessarily memory. History is intelligence, intelligence, but insight. Mm. And if you're doing persuasion checks, quite often it goes against things that you put it up against insight. Mm. And then, yeah, there's a problem potentially. Or even like, even Alfie's charisma is not great either. Like, there's, they could be easily persuaded if they're not careful. I'm really worried. Oh, God. We need to we need to stay in touch with Alfie and just yeah, check yeah. what they're or up going to be the French uh, Revolution at regular <laughs> intervals. I feel like we might be asking Juna to do a few sending spells every now and then. Where are you, Alfie? Yeah. If they do fall in with the ring tops, they might just blow things up. Like they could genuinely just cause some problems. Yeah. <laughs> hey, they might get kicked out the wing throps. <laughs> Probably. I'd live for like a daily sending from Juna. So you've just got to send in messages yeah. to David every single day of just like, are you near the Golden Still Forest? In with them. Um, By the way, the first people I was with was the Arcanist Consortium. <laughs> Bye. Yeah. And uh, let them roll with it. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's some player knowledge that the characters don't have. Yeah. Yeah. Enjoy. Oh, man. <laughs> Oh, we are so talking about this in the next yeah. fan chats. <laughs> anyway, uh, so talking about this a- in the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's coming up. It's been mentioned on here that I've had a month to listen to it. So uh, it's coming up. Right, Pip? Yeah. Um, Let's have another question for you, Ben, from Tiamat, uh, who has asked here, how is Orin feeling about Enkidu? And is he in the background considering options in case Erida decides to take control? How is Orin feeling about Enkidu? Hmm. I think to answer the second bit, rather than the first. I feel like... I don't think that's been a massive concern for Orin, rightly or wrongly. Mm. I think he's more probably concerned about information getting fed back. I think that is a concern. I think how that connection goes that way, but 
how much it's crossed his mind that Enkidu might just flip and suddenly we've got um, Evil Kidu. <laughs> I'm, trying to, I'm trying to make a pun. It's not working. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's, there's quite it's quite close. There's something that I'll keep working on that. Well, I'll come up. By, by next No Small Questions, I'll have a great pun in, for that. Enkivaldu? Enkivaldu. There we go. That's much better. Enkivaldu. I, I, I guess there's definitely the thought of like, has it changed his objectives? Because how much has he sort of had stuff programmed in? We've certainly seen through Juna's um, uh, mind reading uh, moment that we've seen Enkidu is now being given the sort of the sole task of trying to get to um, Mervi. There we go. So there's there's obviously control from that point of view. But yeah, I don't I don't think Orin is at the moment concerned that Enkidu's suddenly gonna. Mm. change um and how is he feeling about enkidu because i will put in here that there haven't been that in the in the early days of the the campaign there was there was quite a lot of like orin and enkidu they talk about magic they talk about this kind of stuff and how kind of how they're feeling almost like they're they're kind of separate to the others at some points um and there hasn't really been much of that lately um that I'm wondering if that that is kind of just it's just the way that these games have been going or or whether that was um something that you and Daryl have kind of been doing without maybe yeah. really even noticing. I think there was definitely to start with. Hmm, that's a really interesting question. <laughs> I feel like I think it's been on a bit of a wave with Enkidu. Like initial relief that he was back mm. to then going, oh, is he back? And I think in some ways, I feel like Orin in maybe a, a way that sort of Guy has struggled with has got on board a bit more with the sort of core fundamentals of Enkidu still seem to be there. Um, and the personality, at least sort of on the surface, doesn't seem hugely different in some respects. It's obviously he has changed a lot, but yeah. I, and I think there've been a, there've been a couple of Orin Enkidu moments. Like there was a little moment in the, the workshop at Ferrocene's, I think afterwards, like them, Doing a little bit of work together. Yeah, making oh, making a terrible shield. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Making an awful silver shield, just ruining some perfectly good silver. It's cute. I mean, you could have used that silver to make your wedding oh, bands. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's still on, right? You're still you're still engaged, uh, despite everything that's happened. That you know. Although I suppose yes. till, till death was <laughs> till was part, and he has technically died. That's true. That's true. But you got free reign there now, yeah, Aaron. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's carefree and single again now um, so. <laughs> i like this then so that that question i feel like has a a, a tbc attached mm. to it it's kind of like yeah. a playing and seeing what happens at the moment and seeing which way the wind blows before you actually make a decision whether you do or don't trust a, a person yeah yeah i think I, I i sort of feel like unless given evidence otherwise i feel orin will be trusting of him i think he's trusting of him at this point um yeah, but would obviously be on the alert. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like, I trust you yeah, until yeah. shit goes down. And I think there's a huge element of Orin that he is just sort of fascinated by what Enkidu has also become. And I think that is, um, you know, just as a purely technical note for Orin, kind of fascinating. And, you know, on a technical aspect of 
him not needing to sleep and mm. seemingly not needing to eat unless it's, you know, part of a competition. Um, well. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only time it doesn't count. I mean, I suppose this is the rare case where it doesn't really matter because friend or foe, you're going to yeah. help him out. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that is the, the Orin way. <laughs> oh, I see what we're doing here. <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> I just need to find out what his damage resistance is and immunity. <laughs> just that so you can buff him in the and right what way. what will recharge him. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Thank you for answering that one, And ben. also write um, to the Wingthrops and ask for all of my possessions that they now have. A.K. Enkidu's possessions. <laughs> um, brilliant. Cheers, Ben. Um, okay. Let's have... Oh, this one is for Robbie. Uh, but it's not from me. We have uh, Lego standing by in the Zoom. So Lego, if you are ready, over to you. Uh, so this question isn't actually from me. It's from my friend Kit, um, but I'm reading it for him because he can't be here. Um, and for Robbie, given that the podcast is recorded quite far in advance to when it's released, uh, were you given any spoilers or background info that you needed to just know before recording? Um, yes, I did get quite a lot of info like, in advance, which was just like, David sent me all of these other plot lines, this is what's happening, um, sort of a breakdown of stuff. But then I also just went and listened to the whole podcast. Mm -hmm. um, I think when we recorded, like, 43 was out, I want to say, something like that. So the ones after it weren't huge, like, big plot things. So I was pretty much up to date on where everyone was at. There wasn't anything major uh, that wasn't... Nothing major surprise-wise, anyway. Um, so <laughs> I knew a lot more than Alfie did, for sure. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, start, I thought, I'll listen to a few, just because they're good, and, oh, God, now I need to listen to everything. <laughs> so I properly marathoned the show over a few weeks. Um, and, yeah, by that point, I was character building, and sort of I already knew the background, so it was good to be able to work it in. And David's great. Any questions I had, he was like, full of answers. Just good DM. Very good to you. He is, isn't I he? know you all agree, he but is. yeah. Oh yeah, we know. <laughs> yeah, he is the best. <laughs> We've got people in the chat bowing <laughs> to him currently. <laughs> Don't let it go to your head, David. You see, this is the other reason why you shouldn't be here, David. You know, that we big you up. Yeah, if he was here, he could have locked all of this stuff down, and now, <laughs> now we're just getting all of the goods. Oh, brilliant! Uh, thank you very much for that Lego through kit. Yeah. So thank you, Kit. Thank you, for Kit, the and Lego. Amazing. Okay. Uh, so, Ben, we've got another one here from Tianat. Uh, have you considered, rather than saying you're going to Flash of Genius, just saying I'm going to Abracalad that? No. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Next question. <laughs> oh. Absolutely not, Tiamat. <laughs> I think everybody else will just have to do it for him. I love how much you hate this as well. It's a delight. It's one of the big parts. The thing is, we kept we we spent so behind the scenes insight. We spent about oh about three months trying to come up with a group name through like the messenger chat. Like we came up with about oh 150 names. For the group, it's hard. Yeah, it's, it's a hard really thing hard. to do. It's like we've never done it. Uh, yeah, my well, part, we I don't have a name. We were, we were really struggling, and then we finally came up one that with that we all liked. Fate Mark Five. We were all on board. Happy days, and then <laughs> these idiots <laughs> came up with Abraham Lads, and then to make matters worse, and spelt it in the most stupid way imaginable <laughs> with 
symbols and Zs and ah, oh. so so no. And it also means that any attempt to make Abracalads merch, I will just burn on the spot. Um, just so we're all aware. <laughs> I mean, just ship them through somebody else because I want to see Abracalads merch. Um, I, uh, but another behind-the-scenes insight: <laughs> the uh, the most recent episode that came out, episode fifty, uh, Grace wrote a lovely summary for it before it went up, uh, and then I was just making a couple of little edits just to just to change a word or two here, and she had written "Abraca lads" in it, and I changed it to "Theme Up Fine." <laughs> I was like, "Nope, <laughs> the group has an official name." <laughs> oh, what a written note, or did you literally put your voice in there saying "Fake marked Fine" <laughs> in the middle of Grace's speech? <laughs> I just a written note this time, but. <laughs> Next time, yeah. I reserve the right while I'm editing the episode. <laughs> Just Africa lad. Um, fantastic. I love how brief that, that question was as well. Uh, on to another one for you, Ben. Uh, this is from uh, Ross Meikle, uh, who has asked, what is it about you, Orin, or the DM that means Orin seems to get the most emotional goodbye scenes? Uh, so not only with Robbie, but also Myra with that invisible hug. And uh, with Jenny with the new boots, yeah, he, he, he's right. Really it, it just kind of it always you seem to get the really kind of yeah at the end of an arc. It's like oh, and Orin's found. Oh. <laughs> um, what is it about Orin? Well, I can't answer what it is about the DM. He's not here. <laughs> He'll have to answer for himself on that one. <laughs> um, I think. Well, it's been it's been different in each of those three occasions. I feel hasn't it? Like, I feel like Jenny. I mean, Jenny was so mean to Orin to start with. <laughs> so I think uh, maybe making up for that a little bit, um, being all the "you're just poor" moment with Orin. Um, so uh, there was that, um, and the Myra. I mean, Myra. Oh. I mean, he's not the most sure of himself, is he? Or the most confident or the most um, necessarily always outgoing of personalities. So I think there is definitely a ten- I mean, I have a massive tendency that I want to look after him. <laughs> yeah. And so I imagine <laughs> that that is maybe an element that rubs off on some other characters as well, because... Yeah, I feel hugely protective over him and, not, and partly because he's my character. So, of course, I love him to bits, but... He's definitely um, got that like Oliver Twist thing going on, hasn't mm, he? Where you know people do yeah. want to help him. Yeah, and I, I totally get that. He doesn't. He also doesn't ask for anything, which I think is quite mm. cute about Orin. He, he, you know, he he doesn't ask for a lot from people, and you know, he's he's not really going out there and trying to splash his money around. So it's kind of nice when you know people then give him something without him. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know if there's something in that, but yeah, the whole the whole bit with Myra. I mean, he's certainly not good at splashing money around because. He's never had it. <laughs> so um, I think if he ever does have any money, he's going to get a bit like ah, about it um, as well. And it's funny you saying the Oliver Twist. I can't remember if it's come up before, but in the backstory at one point, I did a little, I had a little like Oliver Twist thing and called him Orange Twist. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Another terrible Ben pun that occurred in my backstory notes for David. Please, sir. May I have some more in? <laughs> no, some of that. Um, <laughs> anyway, I'm going to move on from that oh, terrible impression. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, another one for you, Ben. Oh. But this time, it's from me. Yay. Kind of moves on from that as well. Uh, what is Orin's honest opinion of Myra post-Invisible Snuggle? Yeah. Because um, you weren't a biggest fan before. No. Again, 
Orin went through such a curve of emotions with Myra from initial excitement of ooh, artificer through to to fissure, complete, complete frustration uh, with everything about Myra. I think um, by the end, the question was, uh, what was the by the end was the yeah the yeah. The, the the post the snuggle bit yeah. I think, um, uh, yeah, Tiamat's just popped in the chat as well, that by the end, there was a definite link there between the two of them that they had both lost their parents in some way, lost their families in some way. Um, it's definitely a huge crossover. And I think, I think Orin's real struggle with Myra was, I think really, you know, a lot of it wasn't just about Myra. Yeah, okay, it was about Myra a lot of it. <laughs> she was really annoying um, <laughs> but there was a sense of entitlement i think and a sense of like stuff being handed to her which uh, as a person i can see that that is a lot is the wingthrops that is the family um i think orin struggled to see that that is like the wingthrops and was just like you're really entitled and annoying mm. um and really sure of yourself but i think as a player i can see that the two of them had very different upbringings. Um, and I think Myra is part of this huge dynasty of artificers that have this clear route laid out in front of them and all these opportunities and all these resources and everything is there for them. And that is not something Oren had growing up. Um, so I think there's, you know, there's an element of jealousy and all of that there. But I mean, by the end of the, that arc, like, yeah, his feelings had completely changed towards her. And I think he's hugely protective of her now. Mm. I think, I think you know, a lot because her circumstances have changed, but also because he's got to know her. And yeah, because she's, she's got, got nothing, nothing now. now so yeah. Great. <laughs> she's likeable. Uh, now she gets to know what it's like. Um, no. Um, <laughs> All you've got is a bonnet. <laughs> but I think, you know, also just... You know, she opened up to Orin in her own way. And I think there was just such an openness there from her that that's impossible not to sort of reciprocate, I think, as well. Yeah. Uh, particularly, like, you know, she did, you noticed in those last couple of uh, interactions with Myra that she's she's trying to uh, find positive things to say. But you're right, it's that wing throat part of her yeah. that is... <laughs> you criticize things and yeah. you you point out the flaws and that's that's just part of the family and i think yeah it took the experience in the queue for Orin yeah. to realize that lesser trying to be positive about some stuff really badly <laughs> <laughs> which i loved but also i think Orin, you know has taken on stuff from her like you know he's got his traveling workshop now yeah, yeah. which, <laughs> which is, she loved <laughs> yeah <laughs> which but is from her blueprints essentially and mm. you know and also a whole load of stuff from like ferrocene's workshop as well that he nicked um but so he's totally learned from from both of them mm. uh, along the way i really looking forward to uh seeing how that relationship develops particularly when you get over to uh gwen's family oh, at yeah, some point that's Cahilda's family that's a whole yes. explosion of mess oh, i can't <laughs> wait to i see mean it. i also want to see a spin-off which is just what's going on with with that whole family when the wing traps turn up <laughs> Oh my god, it's good. I I really hope that you guys somehow magically arrive at the same time and we get to see all of that yeah. anarchy unfolding. Uh, but unfortunately, it'll probably just be summed up by our DM. 
Um, thank you so much, Ben, for answering that. Um, we haven't heard from Robbie for a little while. So Lego has another question for you. Ooh. So let's jump over to you now, Lego. Uh, so this one actually is from me this time. Um, <laughs> specifically with regards to recording this as a podcast, but also like just generally playing. Um, Flintlocks and Fibles only has three player characters, which is quite a small party. Whereas in this, you had up to six players when Grace rejoined. Yes. How much of a difference does that make? And which do you prefer? It does make a big difference. Like It does change how you're playing to a degree and also like coming into something it's a different dynamic and like so when we've because we've only got the three of us if one of us has a personal thing that takes up loads of time it's not the end of the world it's not such a big thing because there's only three characters we can switch between if we have an hour conversation between celestia and ellie's character and an npc and sam and i just sit quiet for a bit it's fine we're having a lovely time listening but when there's you've got six people there that's more you've got to consider more balancing the dynamic in the space giving everyone time to have their moment and talk and like it's coming into that it's like okay i am a guest here it doesn't matter if i take up a bit more space Mm. but also i want to make sure everyone has still has that moment um i think people who dm probably understand that a lot as well is balancing who gets their moment and making sure everyone feels like they have a role and uh, have their space to be their character and give them a moment i like both both is fun uh i feel like you can. There's a risk with smaller parties where you can get a bit self-indulgent spending so much time on things. Um, and with bigger ones, there's a risk of things you want to say getting missed because you can't jump in at the right point. So it's a different play style. Both are good. Or someone only saying one sentence for an entire episode. One sentence in an entire episode. <laughs> yeah, it happens. The nice thing with playing with people that you're also good friends with and that you trust and that sort of thing is that you can have those conversations off air as well or out of game go i took up a lot of space here is that was that okay and generally the answer is yes it was fine it was great i've loved everything you did there Uh, but it's nice to also go actually i i felt like i was i could have done more there do you mind just stepping back and giving me more space next time it's trust between players is very important and open communication Mm. and it's worth considering like the the dynamic at a table and it does change when you put more characters in yeah. Amazing. Thank you so much, Lego. Um, brilliant question, by the yeah, way. Yeah, great question. I would have really laughed if you'd just gone, oh, I just prefer no small roles. <laughs> it's, just, it's just better in this every is, way. Uh, me announcing that I'm <laughs> leaving Flintlocks to join no small roles. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like my character would murder me in my sleep. <laughs> <laughs> nah, they're a sweet Yeah, but... we, we've, we've heard that Steve is uh, well, No, I haven't played Steve in ages. Yeah, my Flintlocks character scamp is, would never do any harm to a person intentionally. But unintentionally, oh boy, wild magic. It's fun. <laughs> so good. Okay, Uh, Robbie, let's have another one for you. Uh, This one is from Tiamat. Uh, So, with the page, Orin gave uh, Alfie about fire safety. Oh, dear. Uh, Do you imagine Alfie actually reading it? Or (laughs) would it just be put in a pocket or a bag and never seen again? Um, And do you think the Abrica lads, sorry, Ben, uh, will be hearing of any other fires breaking out in their travels? I think they will read it. They will pretty much immediately read it and go, okay. I, I remember this now and then forget half of it, put it in the bag. It'll get forgotten for a bit. Eventually they'll find it. And by that time, 
I wouldn't be surprised if something caustic has been spilt on it and <laughs> half of it's missing. At that point, you've got some in, you've got some instructions missing, so you just you know okay, I vaguely remember what it should have been, and by that point, you've created a firebomb instead of a fire suppressant, <laughs> and you just make things worse. But there'll be good intentions there, but it's probably going to end in bigger fires. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Do you think we're going to hear about some big fires on travels? Do we think that is is that? Absolutely what Alfie's gone off to do, burn everything. Not on purpose. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, clumsy forgetful alchemist is... Yeah, there's probably some more fires in Alfie's future. (laughs) The forgetful alchemist. I really want to watch that series. (laughs) Well, I guess we know if Enkidu suddenly loses his Wi-Fi connection back to Erida, what's happened there then, don't we? (laughs) The wing traps have been burnt down. (laughs) Whoops. Doesn't join the ranks, but they do burn down the facility. Whole forest That would be amazing. Can you imagine if it was that easy? It's just like going to that little area, you borrow the compass, set fire to the trees and walk away. (laughs) It's like, no, that information. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, amazing uh right ben uh another question for you here from pippa so pippa if you're ready back to you hi ben hi pippa my question for you is what's it going to take for orin to open up with a bit more of his early life story yes um what is it going to take for orin to open up with his early life story i don't know it's an interesting one the whole uh orin not talking about like his childhood <laughs> and growing up much. It's a, it's a funny one, isn't it? Because I feel like I don't think it was hugely intentional for me coming in being like, <laughs> I will tell no one anything about Orin. He shall just be a mysterious cipher and tell nothing. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think Orin's just kind of like, he's not the best at being... <laughs> forthcoming with information is he yeah um, but we're comparing you to Gaius who has now divulged everything you're behind yeah. Gaius Ooh, of all yeah, people yeah. <laughs> um I think it's I think it's just I don't know I feel like maybe he would be open if people wanted to talk about it more I think he also I think it's a combination of he sort of feels like hmm, it's a combination of he feels like stuff's in the past so it's in the past or that it's not important to what's going on now or it's not it doesn't affect the group i think if something were to affect the group immediately like then you know that would be relevant i think the other kind of th- i mean i think the other thing is that there is a lot unknown for orin if i'm totally honest like i think there's a lot of backstory where i've gone to david like <laughs> you orin doesn't know so you get to make that up um like there's whole you know there's whole big mysteries that i've just parceled over to david to be like "Eh." (laughs) like um love doing that you've given him so so much ammunition like you know how he can twist it as well this is how you end up with like parents who are murderers and (laughs) it's siblings you didn't know about i've done this it's dangerous Yeah. yeah yeah I mean, you know, Orin's, I mean, he's literally done that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, already learned a little bit about his family that he's related to the Wingthrops, a teeny bit, a tiny bit related to them. Um, I think there's also um, <laughs> there's a Woden Isles link that David is <laughs> sneakily snuck in, apparently, to his character in Woden Isles. That um, to Aris, yeah, it, really, yeah. <laughs> okay, I didn't know that. That's fun. That's awesome. That <laughs> I didn't clock as a DM. <laughs> Well, I was DMing, so... But who knows? Maybe if we have further Woden Isles adventures, 
there might be some orange stuff that comes out via that. Um, yes, please. And I think I think the other element is like Orin didn't necessarily have the happiest upbringing and childhood, mm. and it's I I don't think it's something he hugely likes dwelling on as a general rule because it wasn't always great. Um, so I think there's also a big element of like him happy to just put stuff in the past and move on. But then at the same time, he's curious about his past. So oh, it's tricky. But I think, yeah, I think it's, I think it wasn't always happy. And I think, um, yeah, I think he's probably not res- worked his way through that. If, if Hannah T was here, she'd probably point out, you know, there's probably a lot to unpack from that point of view for him. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think, it, yeah. I don't think it's he's got like some massive secrets. He's like, Mahaha. <laughs> I must never tell them this. <laughs> it's it's just more like a little combination of uh lots of little, yeah, reasons, I think, for him. Is uh I mean, it, it, does that help, Pippa? I mean, if anything, I want to know even more now. Basically, we just need somebody now to ask Orin a bunch of questions and he'll hopefully <laughs> tell us things that he doesn't even necessarily know about. <laughs> uh, <laughs> It's all, it's all here in this folder, Pippa. It's all right here. Oh. Um, wow, you're organised. There's, I mean, there's how many pages? How many pages of backstory are there? Let's have a look. Let's have a look. Just out of interest. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five. Okay, only really five. There's so much backstory. <laughs> ah, only geez. five pages, and then the rest is appearance and. So that there's, it's like 13 pages altogether, but only five is like backstory. Wow. <laughs> Front and back, yeah. Yeah, no, so single-sided. <laughs> and some of it was pictures, so that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Ben. Thanks, Pippa. Amazing, Pippa. Thank you for the question. Um, okay, Robbie, we have some questions for you now. Uh, I'm going to quick fire them at you. Yeah. Uh, so this is from Frank Bromley, uh, who was asked... You mentioned before that you have a wall of tea at home. Uh, so what do you think Twain Tide is? Ooh, yeah. I, 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 keep, I change my mind occasionally. Like I, I had ideas and I was like, oh, maybe it's this instead. But um, there's, there's a tea I really like that I don't think is available at the moment, which is annoying, but it's, um, it was called Fireside Snuggles and it sort of <gasps> made me think of that. It was It's a black tea that's, I think it was a mixture of, Oh, I forget which. Just a sort of a normal black tea, one of them, and lapsang, so it was slightly smoky, but it also had like um, mm. like cinnamon and coconut flavors in it, and it was just the most comforting tea I've ever tasted. It was sort of warming, but also a bit sweet and a bit spicy, and it was just oh, it was so good. I need to get more of it if I can find it. That's a bit. I think I could see Vicky in the chat making notes <laughs> as well, just like ooh, ooh gotta search this one. I have so much tea. Tea is the best. Was it called the Fireside Snuggle? Fireside Snuggles, it was called. Um, I think it was Bird and Blend. That sounds amazing. Bird and Blend do some really nice tea. Oh, amazing. All you tea drinkers out there, look it up. It's the new Twain Tide. Which is all of you, I hope. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and if if not, why? Yeah. Who's listening to this if they don't drink tea? Yeah. What else are they here for? Uh, <laughs> like a guy in the bar we met that was like, I like coffee. We're like, what? <laughs> Get out. Um, another one for you then, Robbie. So we've, we've had this question from from, uh, from Mike C in the past. Uh, and as you're a listener of the show, Robbie, we thought we'd yes. ask you too. What's been your favourite moment of the campaign Ooh. so far? Aside, obviously, from your wonderful appearance on the show. Um, I 
Probably the answer that a lot of people give. I think like episode eight. Was yeah. it eight? The, yeah. yeah. Episode eight. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's yeah. unsurprising, probably. But also, well, I mean, I loved Dwayne and all of those interactions. Those episodes were just fun and exciting. And yeah, it did change the energy for a bit. And it just caused so many problems between characters. And there were some great like character moments in those episodes. Also, like the Wingthrop tests, the first ones that were like... <gasps> puzzles and problem solving yeah. oh, i love a i love a good sort of puzzle dungeon oh it's so satisfying and yeah i was like i want to play this dungeon this is great yeah absolutely i don't want to play the second one no i'll pass on that one <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's just ends badly yeah. but the other one was just oh yeah great bit of dungeon design it was fun those are really good choices. Fantastic. Um, and finally, we have a question from Oren, uh, who was asked, please can Alfie come back on as a guest again, please? <laughs> yes. They, I would love to. It's a special question. Oh, I love Artificers nerding together. Yeah. It's so fun. Mm, I think yeah. we all do. Uh, it was so cute yeah, to see like, you just oh. like scribbling over notes and chat about things. And just how annoying it is for every other I character. Know. I love it. Like you were saying earlier, Robbie, like leaning in, like <laughs> when when it's, you can see that the joy in like as you for a limited period, obviously you don't want to do it all the time, but for oh, like yeah. there's, of annoying, there's, there's a fine the line. Might just be like, oh yeah, this is <laughs> this is. Oh, that annoys me. Let's do it again. <laughs> I love the way that you made your introduction as well. You just went straight yes. over to the teapot goose. It was the only thing that Alfie cared about in that room. I was yeah. like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, uh, I was like, hi, we're waiting for your introduction. No, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, thank you so much for answering all of those questions. I've had a blast and I've got to know a hell of a lot more uh, than I knew before we started recording this. Uh, which has, yeah, been really, really exciting. Um, thank you so much to our superstars, Ben and Robbie. And in case any of you want to hear more from Robbie, which of course you do, can you please remind us where we can find you? Yes. Um, Flintlocks and Fireballs, we're on lots of podcast platforms uh except spotify if you listen through spotify to anything we're not on there because they have a time limit on how long your episodes can be what um, really we go wow. way over that limit no way yeah like our longest episodes are pushing six hours so yeah we're way over their oh, limits wow. um, oh proper sesh like we're mostly not that long don't be too crazily intimidated <laughs> but yes we are on many podcasts and things uh, i think we're just www.flintlocksandfiles.com but also on twitter and Instagram, we are at FlintlocksDND. I think that's probably the best place to find us. Uh, we also have a Discord. You are very welcome to join it. Lots of lovely people on there. I am told I feel weird about being on there, so I don't go on because I get social anxiety about it. But I know you're all lovely people, and I hear how lovely you are. So anyone who's on there, thank you. Oh. I'll come find you in the Discord. And that made it sound so much worse. Like, you're definitely going to feel anxiety. <laughs> I'm going to find you. I mean, um. I'm, also, I'm also in the No Small Roles Discord. If anyone wants to chat to me, I am there. Yeah. Uh, that that goes for everyone who is it. I I can vouch. It's a really wholesome community. So just just come and and test it out. Like if you've got questions about D and D, there's people here to answer it who've DM'd and they've played, and some people who are interested in about it, setting up games and stuff. It's such a it's a really nice community of people that just you know have obviously this this wonderful show in common. Uh, so come come check us out. Come. Yeah, I love the fan art yeah. so much. Oh, the minis that are being painted as well. Oh, oh, so good. 
Oh, so good. Um, oh yeah, and if you sell stuff, you can promote it there as well. Like, there's all sorts of things going on in the Discord. Um, so promotion, our Discord, Flintlocks and Fireballs Discord. <laughs> Come join it now. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much. This has been so much fun. Thank you, everyone who's been in the chat and for giving us your questions. You've been brilliant. And I, I think I've got away without being distracted <laughs> by the chat in a heartfelt moment. <laughs> I think. You might have seen me grin a couple of times when somebody yeah. mentioned something <laughs> funny. But, uh, <laughs> thank you for being so welcoming, just everyone as well. You're all a lovely bunch. Oh, well, please come back. It's been a delight. Come back for more. Uh, the fans demand it. Um, I think there's only one more thing to say. Is everybody ready? Uh, and on to now! Well, hello again, Fake Mark 5 aficionados. Ben here to say a huge thank you to our special guest, Robbie Bellicom, for joining us to chat all things alchemy, artificer, and Alfie. And a big thank you to Superfan Sam for keeping the chaos under control. Oh, and to Superfan Pippa for editing this episode of No Small Questions. We loved getting to answer so many fantastic questions. So thank you to everyone who sent those in on our social media or Discord. And speaking of Discord, it's currently buzzing, be pun very much intended, with fantastic fan creations, thoughts on the Abracalad's adventures, oh, and discussions about horse names. Some very questionable horse names. <sighs> now, if you want to learn what that's all about, all you need to do is click on the link in the show notes and follow the steps to join our Discord server. We were delighted again to be joined in the recording by so many of our patrons. And if you'd like to be part of the live Zoom chat as it happens, well then you need to head on over to our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash no small roles. This week we've shared our no small talk post recording chat for episode 51 exclusively for our teapot and tea caddy supporters. And we've got some fantastic treats coming to the Patreon soon, including the second part of the Woden Isles adventure, oh, and more of David's stories from Julamere. Now, if you're looking for further D&D adventures while you wait, then check out Grace Kelly Miller's appearance in Outlaws and Obelisks Slowdown Showdown, with our favourite blue-haired bard, Jeremy Cobb, in The DM's Seat. The Slowdown Showdown podcast episodes are a sequel to the D&D Celebration 2021 livestream, and part one can be found on the Three Black Halflings podcast feed right now. If you're not subscribed to them already, we've included all the links you need in the show notes. Still need more D&D? Well then of course you need to check out Robbie Bellacomet in Flintlocks and Fireballs. As well as the main story, their podcast feed includes fantastic one-shots, drought poetry, sea shanties, and so much Napoleonic fantasy goodness. Everything you need is at flintlocksandfireballs.com, where you'll also find a handy chapters guide to discover the perfect place to join the would-be privateers. Right, we will be back very soon with episode 52. I'm off to drink this mysterious potion that Robbie left for me. 
and on for now. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.